Jesus tells us to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us. He says that in doing so, we become children of our Father in heaven who loves bad people as well as good. Of all the moral teachings in all the world religions, I think this one is the hardest to put into practice. To understand what Jesus is saying, we have to remind ourselves what it means to love. To love means to want and to work for the good of the other. And we need to reflect on how the actions Jesus describes are acts of love, because the appearance seems that they're merely acts of, of acquiescence, of becoming a doormat to abusive people. Well, there's some context here. So Jesus says, if someone strikes you in the right cheek, turn and offer them the left cheek as well. In Jesus' culture, if someone were to strike you, they would only use their right hand. The left hand was considered unclean. That means if that you were struck in the right cheek, they used the back of their hand. This is the way that a master would strike a servant. Someone of high social status would strike someone of low social status. Now, if you are a servant, and this is the way, way your master is treating you, yeah, you could, you could punch him back, but that wouldn't end well for you. So instead, you turn and off from the left cheek, which means he must strike you with his open hand, which is the way an equal would strike an equal. So it's something very subversive. It's saying, look at me and my common human dignity. Jesus speaks about a, a dispute you have in court. Someone is trying to, to obtain your uh, outer garment. Maybe they say you owe them money. Now, in our day, we have closets full of garments. This wouldn't be a big deal. But in those days, the average person, uh, that would be one of their most valuable possessions. So imagine you're in court, and you say, here you go, take this, go ahead. And then you begin to take off the next layer of clothing, which would leave you what? Basically naked, almost. <laughs> now you say, well, that's going to humiliate you. Well, yes. But actually, in Jewish, in Jewish culture, to view a naked person brought shame upon them. And so this would actually expose the injustice of the other person's demand. Finally, Jesus says, if someone presses you into service for a mile, walk a second mile with them. This is specifically from Roman law. So the Roman Empire, you know, uh, conquered huge swaths of territories, and they had rules for their soldiers who occupied those territories and kept the order. They could just grab you as a passerby and say, here's my stuff, you have to carry it. And they could have you carry their stuff for one mile. But if they exceeded that, they would be punished by their superiors. So imagine, again, you're living as a Jew in an occupied territory. A Roman soldier asks you to do this. You could, you could resist. It's not going to end well for you. So instead, at the end of the mile, you continue walking. And the Roman soldier is going to be very scared because he can get punished for that. So he's going to actually be demanding that you give him his stuff back. These, each of these actions is designed to awaken the conscience of the offender, to help them see that what they're doing is wrong. They're acts of love because their purpose is a conversion of the other person. It is not loving to simply endure abuse so as to confirm an abuser in their wickedness. When evil is done to us, a natural reaction is hatred, resentment, desire for revenge. In fact, maybe we even act out in different ways, maybe subtle ways, getting payback for the harm that's been done to us. But when we do that, when we act in that way, is the total sum of evil in the world decreased? Is it extinguished? Or in fact, is it rather increased? We know what happens. Oftentimes it leads to an escalation of revenge. Now, Jesus isn't speaking here about 
lawful authorities maintaining order by the just punishment of wrongdoers. He's speaking about our personal stance towards those who hate us. This is something which is, like I said, the most difficult to put into practice. In fact, I would go further and say it is humanly impossible. But for God, all things are possible. If we first fully drink in the love of God, we will be able to do these extraordinary things to even love our enemies. You may remember 1994, the year of the genocide in Rwanda. Hutu militias killed 100,000 Tutsis in the span of 100 days. It was a brutal slaughter. Many of them were murdered with machetes. One of the survivors of that genocide is a woman named Immaculate Ilibagiza. And the way she survived was she and several women hid in a bathroom where they remained for 91 days. And she wrote about her ordeal in a book called Left to Tell. While she survived, her mother, her father, two of her three brothers were murdered. Yet in that small bathroom, she experienced the presence of God. She had profound communications from the Lord who made it possible for her to endure, to have hope, and to give hope to others. Naturally, she felt a desire for revenge against those who murdered her family. But over time, with constant prayer, she received the grace to heal and to forgive. She, after the war was over, she left Rwanda. She never wanted to return. All the terrible memories. She went to work for the United Nations. And every night she had nightmares about what she saw and heard. Except one night, instead of a nightmare, she had a most beautiful dream where she saw the members of her family hovering above their town, uh, dressed in beautiful clothes and telling her to no longer be sad, but to be at peace. And she says, as if, as if I was in a helicopter over my hometown. And she knew that was a sign that she needed to return, that there was healing that only could be done if she went back home. So when she went back home, uh, there was a person who ran the jail there who arranged for a meeting between her and a man named Felician. Felician is the one who murdered her mother and one of her brothers. She wasn't sure how she would feel when she saw him. When she came out, though, he was, his clothes were ragged. He was emaciated. He fell to his knees sobbing, wouldn't even look at her. And unexpectedly, she felt pity for him, seeing him in such a low state. When, he, when Felician finally would look at, looked at her face for a brief moment, she touched him, and she simply said, I forgive you. Now, the jailer put Felician back in his cell, and he was upset with Immaculate. He himself had lost family members in the genocide. He said, how could you forgive this man? She said, forgiveness is all I have to offer. Later, she wrote this. She said, it was true. I did not feel hatred. I did not seek revenge. In my heart, I understood that even the killers were part of God's family, and I could honor God only by forgiving now, if this seems something too far for you to reach, Jesus says to pray for our persecutors. All of us can do that. It, we don't have to have warm, fuzzy feelings towards our persecutors to pray for them, to ask God to help them to convert to the good, to be delivered from whatever evil has warped their soul. We are all capable of that. And when we do that over time, I think at least our perspective towards them changes that we view them less with anger and more with pity. 
When we do so, we become children of our Heavenly Father. Now, the church is meant by God to be the foremost expression of his love in the world. And the local church in San Diego does this in many and exemplary ways. These ministries of love, many of them extend beyond individual parishes, but are, but are collective works of all the parishes, all the faithful in the Diocese of San Diego together. And these, these works of love are funded in part by what we call the annual Catholic appeal. So earlier, uh, within the last week, you should have received a mailing from the parish. Raise your hand if you received that. So this means that we have your address, that you're registered, <laughs> and uh, we have your correct information. So if you haven't registered and you come to the uh, Mass regularly here, please register. You can do so online. It's important for us to be able to communicate with you. So I have a letter with that as well. And I just want to talk to you about that a little bit today. Um, and if you didn't get one of those, you can go online and the information is available there. Um, so, why should we consider donating to the ACA? Well, if you do, you, you'll be helping someone like Jerry. Jerry was living on the streets until recently. Jeff is a social worker for Catholic Charities. Jeff approached him on the streets and tried to start, start up a conversation, but Jerry wasn't very talkative. So Jeff brought him some food and some water and visited him a few times over the course of a few weeks and gave him some shoes, and eventually Jerry began to open up a little bit. And Jeff learned some things. He learned that Jerry had once spent time in prison, that he had once worked in construction, that he had been attacked before, that he had once his own apartment, that he loved watching the Dallas Cowboys play football. Unfortunately, Jerry couldn't remember much more than that, other than his birth date and his mother's name. Well, Jeff spent several hours doing research and found out that Jerry was entitled to Social Security benefits. He had been receiving them at one point, but when the checks were returned, uh, there was a hold put on his benefits. And so, uh, and so the, 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 the social worker from Catholic Charities was able to obtain for him $4,000 in back benefits. He also had someone who would volunteer to help him uh, manage his money, because he needed help doing that. And now Jerry lives in an uh, independent uh, living facility run by Catholic Charities, which is, involves a little bit of freedom to come and go, which is something that Jerry likes. Uh, he has access to other services there as well. And perhaps the thing he enjoys the most is that in this independent living facility, there is a big screen TV where last Thanksgiving he watched the Dallas Cowboys play the Carolina Panthers. This is one of thousands of stories of people helped by the work of our, of our local church. Your ACA donation helps inner-city children escape failed public schools and to attend Catholic schools. It helps persecuted Catholic Christians from Iraq who flee here as refugees to be settled. It provides chaplain services to the incarcerated and helps fund diocesan ministry to young adults. And so you receive in that brochure, there's an envelope attached with it. You can use that. You can indicate your pledge. You can make a one-time donation. You can pledge an amount and pay it over, over the course of the year. You can go on the website and put all your information and, and just do it all online by credit card. If you decide to use the envelope and to write a check, make sure you make it payable to the Diocese of San Diego. And those envelopes can be returned any Sunday in our collection boxes. Uh, Every parish has a certain portion they're responsible for. So we are responsible for $89,000 of the $3.5 million appeal. Any amounts that, we, that you donate in excess of that come back to the parish. We can use for our purposes here. Any amounts short of that 
uh, are paid from our parish savings. So if you don't give this year, we're just taking money that you gave before, and we're going to be giving it. But I do encourage you to prayerfully consider supporting the annual Catholic appeal. You know, Lent is coming up on Wednesday. It's Ash Wednesday. I know it just sprung up on us. So all of us should be thinking about how we're going to live this Lent well. And we know that there are three acts of piety that are part of Lent. So prayer, so redoubling our prayer life, maybe adding some things. Fasting, so the thing you give up, but also other fasting. And almsgiving, that is to give money to help the poor. So you might consider that your ACA donation will be part of your Lenten almsgiving. I want to thank you in advance for your generosity. It is through this kind of love that we become like our Heavenly Father and closer to His perfection.